Hey guys, in celebration of episode 600 of the Trading Coach Podcast, we're gonna hop into Time Machine and I'm gonna go back and share with you a throwback episode that I've never released. This episode is from 2018 and in re-listening to it, I'm kinda mad that I didn't release it because there's some pretty good lessons in it. So thank you for taking the time to listen. Cheers to another 600 episodes and I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, that, that five to 10% drop off is real. And that's a normal drop off. If you're a, if you have got some psychological issues, that drop off is going to be even more. But you know, always expect you know five to ten percent less. And you know that's you know spreads and commissions as well. That's a combination of two, right? Whatever your your monetary figure is, you know you're gonna you know you're gonna pay some to your broker. Not all of your pairs are gonna convert the same way. So you know, usually I say like ten to fifteen percent, but you know take yeah take five to ten percent. Um, market conditions, no, not so much. Um, not so much market conditions. If you've, if you've tested the right way, you've tested throughout different market conditions. So the change in market conditions, even though we, we never know what they're going to be, it's going to be taken into account throughout your entire testing. Um, market conditions will be an issue for people that don't test enough. I spoke to a trader this morning who said, yeah, these results were awesome. Uh, I tested from 2017 to now and it made 64%. Well, you never know if next year the market's going to be the same as this year. So it could have made 64% during these specific market conditions. It may make negative 64% under next year's market conditions. So that, that we don't know. That's why it's important to test as much as you can. Very important. Because market market conditions will will change. If if there's one thing I learned as a trader, I came with the mindset of that you know if I find something that works in my back testing, it's going to work the exact same way forever. Um, harsh reality is that's not true. The harsh reality is it's not true. Um, and for you guys that trade advanced pattern formations, if you've noticed over the last um, probably. What, what year is this? What, what are we in? 2018? If, you've, if, if you compare the results of advanced pattern formations, I would say from maybe 2010 to 2014, that four-year period, to 2014 to 2018, I think you're going to see a drastic difference in results. And maybe some of you guys have um, that have done testing. But that four-year period was much different than this recent four-year period. And that four-year period was much better than this recent four-year period. And again, you guys you guys have probably seen that if you've done your testing. And that's bigger picture. It, it, goes, it goes pair by pair as well. You know, um, Dollar Canada right now is probably one of the worst, I don't know, recently, but um, again, over the last couple of years, probably one of the worst performing pairs with pattern formations, where back in the day, it was amazing. Aussie Canada over the last couple of years has been fantastic with pattern formations. Not a lot of opportunities this year, um, but fantastic. That wasn't the case when I first started trading. Conditions change. What is the reason for this? Market conditions. Markets change. 
ask ask yourself this, right? When do when do patterns perform best? In trending markets or consolidating markets? Consolidating markets, right? So if you have market conditions where they're more trending or you see more sporadic movement, patterns are going to perform worse. And it's the same thing for trend continuation traders. If you were a trend continuation trader in 2009, I think it was 2009, 2010, where the euro just went straight up and straight down, and a lot of pairs were doing that as well, you're making a killing. You look at the last two years, last three years in the euro dollar from 2015, we've been in consolidation for three years. We finally broke out um, late last year, I think it was. We went sideways for two years on the euro. Probably not good for a trend continuation trader, a directional trader. Um, and here's the thing. Strategies don't necessarily need to change because here's, here's the thing. You don't, you don't know when market conditions change until after they've already changed. It's kind of like a trend, right? When do we know that the market's in trend? When, it, when it's already trending, right? When do we know that a market's consolidating? When it's already in consolidation, right? So we, you know, for traders that try to switch strategies on the fly that, you know, you're going to be a trend trader as soon as the market stops trending, you're going to get beaten up by consolidation. You're going to switch to being a, a consolidation trader as soon as the market breaks out of consolidation and starts trending again, you're always going to be behind it and eventually you'll go broke. So you don't need to change strategies. Um, in my opinion, you just need to have a balance. You need to be well-rounded, right? It's no different from being an investor, right? If you're an investor saving for, you know, like a 401k retirement plan, or even just a, a normal investor, um, one of the best things you can do, in my opinion, and not everyone agrees with this, I believe in having a diverse portfolio. Right? You have a you have a diverse portfolio. That way, when one thing goes up, something else goes down. So taking that back to trading, have multiple strategies. Have strategies that can take advantage of trend, trending opportunities, trending markets. Have strategies that can take advantage of consolidating markets. September used to be a month that, you know, for probably about three, four years, used to just destroy me used to bend me over and, and spank me every single year because historically September is a, uh, a high volatility month, a very directional month. It's, it's traders come back from the summer, right? They see that the markets aren't where they think it should be, right? It's kind of like parents that leave the kids at home for a weekend, right? Maybe the kids don't wreck the place, but like stuff is in the wrong spot and they start cleaning up. They start saying, okay, well, the euro dollar, that's undervalued. So let's do this. All right, the pound dollar, that's overvalued. Let's do that. And you start seeing big directional moves because everyone's kind of getting the markets back to where they want it. So it's a very directional month. As a counter trend trader and a, and a pattern trader years ago, I would just get destroyed. Because guess what doesn't perform good during directional movement? Yep. So one of the adjustments that I made in my trading was I started implementing more trend continuation type trades really just to hedge out that month. So what happens is this, right? When my 
When the markets are directional, my counter trend trades are getting beat out the water, but my trend continuation trades are performing well. When the market's in consolidation, my strategies to take advantage of consolidation are performing well, and my trend uh, continuation strategies aren't performing well at all. And it's a natural hedge, right? And if you're doing this with, with, uh, with good risk reward and good risk management, then again, losses shouldn't, losses shouldn't take away from your wins. It should be the opposite. Wins should actually make up for your losses. So I can have one losing trade on a counter trend trade, but I have a small risk and I take my little, my medicine and, and, you know, but I catch a big trend continuation trade that makes up for three times that initial risk. One winner, one loser, What? but I'm on the upside. Quan says, but as a new trader, couldn't it be overwhelming to try and have multiple strategies? Yes. And I advise you start with one. I advise you start with one strategy. Start with one master one. But what I'm saying is, don't settle. Especially if you have something that changes. Don't settle. Don't be just one thing. Once you've mastered one thing, focus on adding something else. Because once you've mastered a strategy, trading is going to become very boring for you. It's going to become extremely boring. Because you're just waiting for your rules. You're like, okay, dollar yen, double top, sell. (sighs) So in that time, it becomes boring. Start working on something else. What can I add? Because you're going to have a massive amount of time, especially if you're a swing trader. And if you're a day trader, you're only trading for a few hours a day anyway. Then start start evaluating your system and start adding something. Go through your notes. Say like, hey, you know, this this did good, but during those three months, right, I still was profitable for the year, but during those three months where the market was real trendy, I got beat, I got eaten alive. I wonder what I can add to kind of even that out some. You start going back through the course material. You start stumbling along maybe the the Grace, uh, Jason Greystone trend continuation method. And you're like, okay, well, I can add this and, and, and it doesn't really affect my, my pattern trading. And now you've added another tool to your arsenal. So I'm not saying you can't be good with one strategy. I'm not saying that if you have one strategy, everything will eventually fail. No, you could be very successful with a single strategy. But as a trader, you do need to know, you do need to understand that market conditions will change and, you, and your one strategy may not work the same forever. There may be a year where, where pattern trades just destroy you, but the next year they may come back and, and be fine. It's like any other drawdown. But you do want to start with one, because if you don't, you're going to you're going to know a little bit about a lot and you're going to get destroyed. So start with one, but just be open to adjusting, adding and continuing to grow as a trader. Make sense? Yeah, I, I started off. I Look, the first thing I traded once I got on my once I went on my path of becoming a my final restart. I restarted a lot as a, a lot as a trader because I would be bad. I'd be like, I'm restarting, fresh start, and like you know, throw everything away and and 
block out the, the rest from my mind. On the, my last restart as a trader, I started with a single strategy, Gartley pattern. I traded one thing. One thing. That's all. Only traded Gartleys. That's all. And then I just slowly added over the years. Gartleys. Gartleys and bats. Gartleys, bats, and ciphers. CTS. Trend continuation. This, that. Right? Slow, slowly add. Slowly add. But it's just like anything else. You should always be looking to get better. You should always be looking to to learn. Learning never ends. The, 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 the day you stop learning is the day that you will fail. Jamie says, I'm going to go the other way and add advanced patterns at the end. Yeah, I, I needed advanced patterns first because my trading psychology was a mess. So if I didn't have anything with very strict rules, I was going to I was going to mess it up. So I needed I needed something with very strict rules so I couldn't step on my own feet. Because I, I did I did I did CTS and counter trend trading before that. And I would just, you know, I my mind would get in the way. Yeah, it's not really a double top, but I'm going to take it anyway because it looks like it's a double top. You know, I, I you know, if you have an excuse, you know, you would I'd make it. So I need it. I need it patterns because I need it. I need it strict rules. I, I was I was I was out of control. It's out of control, man. Out of control. And what stinks is I was out of control. Good trader, man. I was hitting at like 70 percent before that. I was a 70 percent trader, guys losing money. I was a 70% trader losing money. Oh yeah, losing big, right? I was look, I was I was hitting that 70%. Part of the reason I was hitting that 70% was because I was taking targets early. Yeah, you know, you, you can't go broke taking profit, so you know, I'm just going to take this profit. So my win percentage was elevated because I was just taking profit early. I wasn't actually letting the trades go to where they were supposed to. So I was taking profits early, which upped my win percentage. It also lowered my expectancy because now my wins aren't winning what they're supposed to win. And I would I would say this my losses there were there were at this point I wasn't really moving stop losses back, but because I was cutting my wins, they weren't making up for my losses. And then it'd be a random dumb trade, right? I get on a hot winning streak, I win like five trades in a row, and I'm like, dude, I'm awesome. And I start taking stuff just because I'm feeling it, right? You ever watch a basketball game and, and uh, you know, Warriors are a good example of this, but they have the luxury to doing that because they're awesome. You ever watch a basketball game, right? Steph Curry, he makes like three threes in a row and he just shoots one from half court because he's feeling it. That was me. I get like five trades in a row, swish, buckets, hibachi, right? I make them. And then all, then every once in a while, I just, you know, I, I take the ball at half court and just be like, woof, and then be an air ball, boom. And I'd, I'd, and I'd lose all the money I made from the five previous trades before it. Yeah. So I was like the Steph Curry, but I was like, I was like Shaquille O'Neal trying to do that. I'm like Shaquille O'Neal making two three pointers in a row. And now I'm feeling it. Now I start loading up the half court shot, like I'm the dude, letting letting the hand hang in the air, you know, letting it sprinkle, blaming it on the wind when it misses. That was me. I would I would just get, I would get overconfident. So not only was I cutting cutting my profit short and taking my losses in full, which is always a, a recipe for disaster. Every once in a while, I get overconfident. I take a bad trade. And then that bad trade would lose and, you know, I'd be back at break even. I wasn't, I wasn't losing money at this point in time. I was just break even. I just couldn't make money. I just stuck. 
And then I had some money management issues as well. I, I was, you know, after my hot streak, I was aggressively upping my position size because I'm on a hot streak. You want to make take advantage of it, you know, up your position size right into a losing streak. So when you lose, you lose double of what you win. And it's just a whole bunch of stuff put together. It's just, it was just a mess. Just a mess, guys. Just a mess. You, you Can you see now how it was 70% and breaking even slash slowly bleeding my account? Little things here or there all add up. Yeah, I thought I was Steph Curry, but I wasn't. At least you turned it around. Had no choice but to. I'm a winner. Not going to lose. No choice but to turn around. This is my life, man. There's, there's, there was no plan B here. I guess there was a plan B going back to cleaning toilets and whatnot. So it, it, it had to be done. You know, you, you sit yourself down eventually and you, and you say, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta win. You got to make it. Many other people didn't do that. Yeah. Not many people are us. Not many people are built for success. I, I truly believe I, I, I'm built. And it sounds cocky and arrogant, but I'm, I'm built for success. Now, in order to gain success, you fail a million times. You don't, I don't, it's not failure is a bad word, but you, you struggle for a very, very, very long time. But the difference is you muscle through it. I saw this, I was watching the show Hard Knocks the other day. Um, it's a kind of behind the scenes footage of um, an NFL team. And I wish I, I, I tried to write it down. I, I lost the paper, but there was this quote on the wall for the Cleveland Browns. It was from uh, Ulysses S. Grant. And he said that the quote was, I think it was, he said, at some point during the battle, both sides feel like they've been beaten. The side that wins is the one that decides to carry on no matter what. And I, I truly believe that. Again, there comes a time in battle where both sides feel like they've been beaten. The side that wins is the side that decides to carry on. And I teach this to my track girls as well. It's the same thing in racing, right? The, the goal of racing in sprinting is, even in distance running, you put yourself through pain. And our method, our method is that we're going to put ourselves through pain and we're going to dare anyone else to put themselves through the same pain and not mentally break down. So it's one of those things is like if, if we were competing... We're going to go after it. And it's not going to be who is more skilled. It's going to be who has the biggest guts. Who has more guts? Who's, who's willing to put themselves through more pain? And I think that's the difference between success, successful people and non-successful people. Everyone goes through pain, right? You ask any successful person, they've all gone through probably more pain than anyone else. The difference is they kept going. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. They kept going and they fought through the pain and, and they reaped the benefit. That's the only difference, I think. Anyone can do it. It's, it just takes a, it takes a mental toughness. I don't know if you guys, how many of you guys listened to the, the interview I did um, with my friend and business partner, John Bomberger, the other day where he said, I just committed career suicide. Anybody? Yeah. Did you hear what he said in that about for you guys that are younger? He, he started his journey to be an entrepreneur, what, like 35. And he said, for you guys that are in your 20s, you can fail for five, 10 years, man. 
you can try and fail for five, ten years. And you can you can find something that works ten years down the road and, and still have plenty of real, plenty of time in life to be a success. You have so much time to fail. You have so much time. He was like 35, I think, with five kids. He was in a different situation. That's why I, I never like to compare my journey to him. Because when I went on my journey, what, what, 21, 22? No kids, no, no family, anything like that. Just, you know, there was nothing to lose. I don't, what, what? I was out of college and unemployed anyway. Nothing to lose. Who cares? Right? If I, if I failed, I, I, nothing really changes in my life. There was so much risk in what he did. He was the only one working, guys. Five kids. He had everything to lose, man. You can't just do stuff like that. Who does that? And he was big. Except for you guys that are young, you have no idea, man. Just keep trying. So what if it takes you five years? It takes you from 25 to 30 to become successful. You got from 30 to 90. You got 60 more years to live. Five, 60, five, 60. Just don't give up. Let everyone else around you give up. You keep going. You just got to outlast them. Just keep pushing. It, it, it will come. Success does come. If you're doing things the right way, you will be successful. I firmly believe in that. If you do things the right way, you will be successful. The only question is when. And if you're willing to be patient and just continue to try and get a little bit better, Kaizen philosophy, and you don't need that instant gratification, you don't need to be a massive success a year down the road, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You ever get a chance, talk to Jason Greystone. Ask him about his story. He just grinded it out until it worked. Plenty of times he came home like, what am I doing? His wife's like, what are you doing? Why am I doing this? He just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And then it worked. I'll tell you what the struggle does, George. The struggle makes you appreciate it. The struggle makes you so scared to ever go back. When you know what it took, to, it's like, you know, imagine you're climbing this hill of success and you know what it took to climb that hill. Do you ever want to go back to the bottom? I'm scared crapless to go back to the bottom. That's that's what keeps me motivated. I, I am I am so scared to fail. I don't know what I would do. And the older I get, right? The older I get, and I've, I've never had a, you know, aside from the internship I told you about yesterday, I, I, I've never had a real job. I'm 32, 3 now. When I get to 40, do you think I can go back and re-enter the job force in like a career? The workforce in like a career? With no experience? Or are they going to hire some young guy out of college they can get for cheap? I don't have another option. That's what scares me. If I fail at this, what am I going to do? Seriously. What are my other skills? What am I going to do? That's what motivates me every day, that fear. That fear of if I settle one bit, I'm going back to the bottom of that hill. That's my motivator. 
Once again, a big thank you for supporting the show. I never thought we'd be doing this podcast for three years. Never thought we'd get to 600 episodes. I thought I'd be bored by then. But you guys have given so much support. You guys have given so much great feedback to share with me how impactful this podcast has been. And of course, you guys have done a great job in helping me create the content that you want to hear. So cheers to another 600 episodes. I'm excited about what the future holds as I continue to grow and continue to educate you guys out there. And until next time, plan your trade, trade your plan. Take care.